0: Moongasms is a podcast of conversations about connection, change and creativity. And today I'm joined by Tally Brash. Tally is the founder of The Voices of Movement, a creative well-being organisation passionate about bringing awareness to mental health and bringing creative expression to the voices within. Tally brings an authenticity and deep presence to a space, and watching her embody and express the myriad of different voices from within is nothing short of inspiring. I'm so grateful to be in her space in Elstonwick. Welcome Tally. Thanks so much. So nice to be here. Oh, no, so
1: nice to have you here.
0: <laughs> Just met Tully's, um gorgeous little puppy, Billy. <laughs> He's not here in the room, but no. I wish he
1: was. He's schluffing. Yeah.
0: He's having a little nap. He's very cute. Thanks. You and I met a really long time ago. Yes. Um, Doing a play.
1: Oh! Oh, my God. Okay, we're going that far back. That far back. Wow. All right. <laughs> we
0: did a play called Dags. Oh! Um, <laughs> and well, we laughed a lot. We did. And so I thought it was quite fitting that we met in a very creative space. <laughs> we did. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So that was my first interaction with you. And then I met you again mm-hmm. many, many, many years later in a shopping center in Israel while I was on March of the Living. You popped up and I was going through a really interesting time in my life. Mm. And then I met you again at a party uh, maybe five years later and a friend of mine had just passed away. And I, it was the day before and then I went to this party that I'd already agreed to go to and no one knew what I was going through and I had this interaction with one of my friends and she was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, yeah, I'm really good. How are you? And I was like, you know, hold, trying to hold it together, hold it together. And you pointed at me from across the room and you said, hey, can I chat to you? And I said, yeah. I was a bit nervous. And you said, I just watched that interaction and I see you holding a lot of stuff in your chest and in your throat. And I don't know what's going on for you, but something that's really helped me is that when I feel like I need to cry, I go and I sit and I sit really open and I don't wipe away my tears and I just let it go. And that has stuck with me for a very long time, and I think it was the first time I felt like I was allowed to be vulnerable with myself. Was allowed to let go, Mm -hmm. and that helped me heal from that loss in my life. So, thank you. You're so (laughs) welcome. Very much.
1: Don't remember saying that, but yeah, thank you for sharing that.
0: Um. Tell me about these voices. Where did they start for you?
1: Where did they start? Um, I probably heard them for a long time and didn't realise that I was hearing them. I think I, yeah, um, you're just just like bringing back dags and all that. I'm like having flashes of like (laughs) just going down memory lane because like, yeah, like we grew up in the Jewish community. I grew up doing performing arts and loving it but like, It was never okay to finish school. In my mind it wasn't okay to finish school and, like, to pursue what I loved and to continue doing acting. Um, And I just, yeah, I I think the voices started from, like, taking on so much of what other people thought um, and them getting so ingrained in my head that it was like, you can't do acting, you can't do what you love, you've got to go get a real job and profession and um, so... They were probably there for a long time, but it was only, yeah, when I created the one-woman show, The Voices of Tully, that I actually gave expression to them, which I didn't actually know at the time I was doing. I just started creating characters and started playing with accents and this South African woman came out and this Israeli soldier came out and I was just like having the best fun ever. But it was only later when I sort of started to piece together realising that some of the voices were actually coming from the community, the societal voice that we heard growing up and some of them were directly family members, drawn on family members, and some of them were from different parts of myself that had sort of split off. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's a direct moment that I realised there were my internal voices, but certainly I think growing up as a kid I was extremely anxious and always had a lot of thoughts going through my head always.
0: How, how did it help you giving expression to these voices? What, what was the change in you after they had become external voices, not
1: just internal ones? It was the only thing that brought me pace. <laughs> like I'd done therapy, I'd done meditation, I'd done yoga, dancing. Dancing also brought me or cleared my mind. Um, but it was actually embodying the character and fully going into it like the voice through my physical body changing my physical voice um and feeling the energy of this part of me move through that that is what fully released it for me and being such a kinesthetic person it was yeah it was the thing that clicked um rather than talking about it um and being that sort of bird's eye view of it to actually fully go into it release it um and then step out of it was what was able w- helped me to be able to separate myself from this part to be able to fully see it and fully witness it to then be able to embrace it on another level um, and meet it and hear what it had to say and thank it but then also realize that it's not the entirety or the truth of who I am it's an aspect um, but it was. I was searching for what was that truthful voice and that because the voices in my head was so loud and pulling me in all different directions and maybe I should do this and maybe I should do that and who, am, who even am I? <laughs> that big question. <laughs> um, yeah, I was searching like where was my voice in all of it and if I continue to be a people pleaser and if I continue to listen to other people's voices louder than my own, Where was that going to get me and was I ever going to be peaceful inside and was I ever going to be truly happy inside? So I was searching for, yeah, what was my voice? Mm. And it was only through going through this process and identifying the different internal voices that I found this Tully voice, which wasn't even my name at the time because I grew up as Lisa, but Tully for me felt like connecting to my higher self.
0: So for... For the people that are listening, what what were the voices for you? What were the first kind of voices that came up quite strong for you?
1: Um, so definitely the inner child. So one of my characters, one of my voices, she's Lisa and she's five years old and she represents, yeah, the child that, that is in me, which I think we all have a child within us, that something happens along the way to that child that felt free once upon a time to express themselves and to be creative and to play and to... Um, and didn't really care what other people thought um, and that somewhere along the line gets shut down and the voice of that child gets shut down. And as we grow up into adults, we tend to lose connection, I think, as well, some of us, with that child within us. And by me um, reconnecting with her and giving her time to express herself and to play and to be in the character, she feels more heard and safe and nurtured and it's what's helped me grow more into my adult self.
0: Beautiful. I know that uh, at the event that we were at, um, the Beyond Blue fundraiser that you put on, you. What struck me as amazing is that when I watched your 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 TED, your TEDx talk, quite a lot of your voices were quite. Um, anxiety. They had a bit of an underlying anxiety mm-hmm. underneath them, and as I've seen you grow creatively these other voices have come through that are really supportive and loving. So what was that process of of kind of inviting other voices in alongside those (laughs) self-deprecating?
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, once I created the characters, I then established, I guess, sort of what the archetype of that voice was. So there were six and it was the inner child, it was fear, it was the shadow, uh, the doer, the dreamer and inner wisdom. And they were, they all, when I really delved into them, were like kind of shockingly like the ones that kind of shut me down. So if I go too much into my doer, it's unhealthy because it's like fully masculine and like to-do lists and like not being connected to the flow in my heart and sort of the feminine and then too much of like being in the dreamer. She's like full fantasy, no responsibility, like just lives in la-la land and so like all these voices, if they are the ones that were ruling, didn't feel like they were in any way healthy. Same with the shadow. Like, if my shadow is ruling, then I'm just full sabotage mode. And if fear is ruling, then I'm never going to take the steps I want to take in my life. So I realised that with all those voices, um, if they're the ones in the driver's seat, then I'm not really fully living in my highest self. So once I then landed and established, okay, well Tully feels like my higher self. I was like, how how can I stay here (laughs) or how can I like live in here more in this place and come back to this place more um and that's when I created the characters of royalty gratitude and the celebrator because those three were able to help me and felt like these angels and guides that were supporting me to live in Tully in my higher self and the royalty character this I'm a little bit intimidated by her, this queen, Esmeralda, she's like probably the the most edgy one for me to be in because she's just full power and she doesn't let anyone come into the kingdom. She's all about boundaries and self-respect and speaking up for yourself um, and then the celebrators like go Tully, like, you know, keep going, which we all need, you know, someone cheering us on and then gratitude was just, yeah, that abundance mentality and reminding me of the wealth that I have in my life that's not necessarily money but the, yeah, wealth.
0: It's really interesting because I think we silence an inner voice and we silence all the inner voices and we outsource a lot. I think, you know, there's there's this idea that, you know, we're impacted by the voices around us. The external voices are really loud and they really impact our, our inner voice. How did you find... Um, I think enough connection with yourself to really not outsource and start really deepening that connection with yourself, you know, to know when your, you know, your feminine's coming out and and when you need to balance that out with a masculine or, you know, when the fear's coming out and you need to balance that out with that, you know, cheerleader in you that says, you know, go on and do it anyway. How did you... What are your self-practices that that Mm. help you connect with that Mm. part of yourself?
1: Well, two things come to mind, I guess... One is that I, looking back, like I used to outsource externally all the time. So I was seeing therapists and healers and buddy work staff and like, you name it. Like I was just trying everything and anything to try and find that person that was going to heal me or fix me or tell me I was worthy or good enough or, you know, like I was constantly, um, yeah, outsourcing it and trying to find that love externally. And I don't know and I guess but I I also feel like right now if I look at my life right now, I'm like I've probably pulled it in a lot more um, towards myself that I can be that person for myself and I can be that mother to the child in me and to all these parts in me. I see the voices as like like children and that they're all looking to be heard and they're all screaming out for attention but the true voice is that one that can come in and hold and be the adult and say I've got you and you did not have to rule the ship like I'm leading the way and – I, yeah, I I mean, I tell people who I work with who do the programs, you know, I say to them, like, there's no True Voice City. Like, if you think that you're going to go through this process and get to your True Voice week and that you're going to, like, get a passport to True Voice City and you're going to, like, be healed and fixed and live in your True Voice all the time, like, it doesn't exist. And, like, for me, it is a daily spiritual practice. Um, I wake up with my voices screaming so loud. Like I I do a lot of processing in my dreams. I wake up with a lot of anxiety. I don't wake up in this like, "Ah," (laughs) like, (laughs) at all. (laughs) It's pretty gremlin city (laughs) up there. And, yeah, and and I have to do my morning meditation. I get on my yoga mat or I go to a yoga studio. Um, I do like sound vibrations. Like whatever it is, it's going to shift me back into – being more centered and grounded because my natural state is just so like adrenalized and anxious. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of practices now that I'm able to tell a little bit more like, okay, who's who's up, like who's here? I don't even like go into sort of, I try not to go into too much analysis anymore. I used to analyze everything. <laughs> um, amen. <laughs> uh Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Which was part of the, you know, the addiction, I guess, in it, like in it's, yeah, it's just doesn't even get you anywhere sometimes. And sometimes it is important to, to, you know, do the work and look into it and where does it come from and why and all that. But I was like digging and digging for so long that the last couple of years have been like, I just want to be, like, I just want to be at peace. And okay, this voice is up today. Can I love it? Can I dance? Shift it? Okay, it's enough.
0: Yeah, I think it's a lot about coming back to um, not attaching to those voices and that everything is transient and changing and rather than being in resistance to those voices and being in resistance to who you are and what's a part of you to actually saying like, I see you, I hear you, Mm. but right now this isn't serving me Mm. and so I'm going to look for something that will and that will you know serve me along this journey yeah. and i think ritual is something that i've really come to realize is huge for for my well-being to wake up and write an intention list and if i wake up with a million different <laughs> thoughts running <laughs> in my head like writing them down on paper just getting them out of my head and never looking at them again but just knowing like they have their place mm sometimes I'll look at them and be like, all right, what's true on this list Mm. and push it aside and say like, okay, if I can't find truth in this, Mm. then they're just voices speaking. And I can, I've heard you, I've seen you and now you're done. Yeah. And going into intention setting and stepping into gratitude and, You know, then halfway through the day, I'm like, oh, there they are again. (laughs) (laughs) And having to find another practice, whether it's, you know, going to sit by the ocean and really feeling connected to something that's in movement and in change and Mm. transition so that I can remind myself not to attach to, to those kind of things.
1: Yeah. And I think what you said, like I find that so often with people as well, when they start to get into their voices and to hear them we don't even realise like that we think it's truth what they're saying. Like, and then it's by separating yourself from it and actually hearing what your fear voice is saying and how limited the mindset of the fear is and how it's trying to be this perfect thing and be so rational. And it's like, why am I, why am I listening to that voice? Like, but we think it's truth when it's so loud in our head and we can't distinguish between which one is which. Um, And that was my, uh, yeah, I guess search was like, where is the truthful voice? that's loving and compassionate and kind and where is that feeling that also we're already whole, like that we're not broken and I I think in the external searching that we are talking about before, like I was coming from a place of like I'm broken, I need to be fixed and I was like what if I shift that to tell myself actually I'm whole and yes I've got all these voices inside of me but when we all come together like we're actually whole and... And then it's part of the process. I think if if you look back to like what we are
0: as source, as love, as Mm. wholeness, then all the challenge, all the transformation, the pain, different voices are actually perfectly in place to help us grow, to help us understand each other better. I think when we can recognize our fallibility in a way and, and, you know, our perceived fallibility, then we... Can be vulnerable and be more empathetic towards others and and help each other. Mm. Um, what was what was your drive to to take this creative process that was quite therapeutic for you and 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 say I think this is going to be beneficial for others.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was it was seeing people's reactions. Um, in the shows and that people walked up to me afterwards and were so moved and was like laughing and crying and and going, oh, I've got that voice in me and I that reminds me of my grandmother. And and so it, for me there, it felt like there was this universal message and that I had this responsibility to deliver it on a wider scale. I didn't know how it was going to convert into a program or a process and – that I was also coming from a different angle because I had just started by creating characters and having fun. Like, it was not this process or voices work. Like, I, I didn't even know why I called it the voice of Tully. Like, um, but it's felt very guided, the, the whole thing. It's felt very guided. And then I started getting, yeah, these sort of drop-ins of exercises and what what the name of the voice was and different ways to access and activate it. And, um, and yeah, and so I ran my first eight week program in 2016, uh, with five women. And at the end there was a stage show and they all were going to get up on stage and go through all their voices in a ritual experience and land in their true voice in front of a hundred people. And it was just incredible, like the transformations that they went through and, and I have always felt, and when I continue to see people go through the work, like there is an energy that is beyond me, that is beyond the voices in, people's heads like that is fully guiding this process um and I know that well I feel like my job and my role is to get out of the way and to get clear of my voices that want to block it and be like "Mm," all of that and to to deliver it and to like help people come into their truth it's so
0: interesting that you say that because Charlie on the previous podcast was talking about that voice of fear and and you know she said to her brother like oh like I don't I don't know whether I want to put this exhibition on like what are you know like what if it's not this and what if it doesn't turn out like this and all these you know voices of failure and her brother said this creativity is not yours mm. it's just channeled through you mm. and it's for others and so let it channel through you and if it's not going to drop in your lap and you're not going to grab it, someone else will. Mm. And I found the process of, of writing Moongasms to be the same thing. I was, I was writing it from voices within me that I needed to hear when I was going through moments of change and transformation and challenge and writing this stuff was coming from within me, these beautiful um, affirmations. And partly it felt like my truth, and partly it just felt like truth. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people who have tapped into that creative energy, it's it's just flowing through, mm. and it's not this. Um, those voices can quieten in that yes. moment, yes, so that others can receive the message. Yeah,
1: and I, I mean, I I work with a lot of people who their creativity is shut down and they haven't experienced that creative flow in a long time. And and when they approach this work, their voices get so loud and I think that's often what happens for a lot of people. And for me still, like any time I put something out there or any time I'm doing something creative, the voices come up because they're, what I've learned about them is that they're just there as a protection mechanism. And if they weren't that loud, like... All, all it means is that on the other side of you doing that is a transformation of something, like of you standing in your power. So I see it now as a gift that when my fear voice comes up and it's like the lighting's not perfect on the video or, um, you know, you shouldn't put that event out, no one's going to come or like that on the other side of that is, you know, there is something there. Um, but I think a lot of the time people's, yeah, their fear voices come coming in and, it, and they stop at that place and it does shut down the creative flow. Um, so I'm, yeah, I guess I'm really passionate about helping people come back to that creativity within them and and to, yeah, there's nothing that makes me feel happier. Like I actually wrote this the other day. Someone said, I want you to write a list of like the things that light you up and the things that like drain your energy. And I was like, oh my God, like all the things that light me up are like, it's being in my creativity. And I think so often we're looking for permission from someone else to say, yeah, you can sit down and write or you can sit down and pick up the paintbrush again or, you know, why don't you start singing lessons and there's so much fear that comes up around that because as children it was okay but then somewhere along the line we were told, no, you can't do that anymore or or we have voices in our head that told us that we were shared or had a bad singing voice or whatever, so we stopped. And I think reminding yourself
0: that it's not about the outcome. And, and knowing that it's about that process. So even when those voices come up, those voices are actually, rather than resisting them, there are opportunities for your truth to come up and speak up too. So, you know, the more you cultivate the I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway is allowing your truth to come up and say, cool, I'm going to do it anyway and then you can have fun in the process and let go of attachment to the outcome of something looking successful because I think we've grown up. I, I know especially for you and I growing up in a community where success really looks a particular way mm. and sounds a particular way mm. and um, I don't even for myself, I really, I really for a while thought that's what I wanted. I thought that, okay, success looks like, you know, a picket fence and, you know, doing a job that makes you money and I had all these creative... Aspects to myself that I thought, oh, but I I need to grow up. Mm. That was my voice. Mm. You need to grow up. You need to be an adult now. You need Mm. to, you know, step step up and and be an adult. Mm. And being an adult does not mean not having fun Mm. and flowing with your creativity. And I think if we can change the narrative around what success looks like and actually speak about what success feels like Mm. because like you said, when you're in your creative flow, Success is the feeling of feeling alive, mm. and if we're not here to feel alive, what are we on on this planet for? Mm. Um, so knowing that I want to feel this way, I want to feel alive, I want to feel
1: like there's a spark in me.
0: It's mm. a good place to sit.
1: Totally, and we I, I think we're getting more and more disconnected from feeling as well in general. So it's like you know, we're spending time on Instagram, we're seeing other people looking like they're lit up and comparing ourselves and our voices are getting more and more loud cause and it's like actually those moments, for me, the moments of like sitting quietly in my bed and meditating and, you know, or being on my yoga mat that's not lit up on, you know, in lights as well, big up on stage, like it's, for me, it used to be the big moments and the big highs um, that I was like searching for and now it's like the simplest moments where I just I feel that joy and that peace and it's not this like big extreme success out look being the outcome thing you know that you're talking about like yeah it's really shifted for me I think it's hard to
0: find that balance because and I was thinking about this the other day everyone wants to be seen understood and loved Mm. like we all have that internal yearning Mm. And I think we really think we're going to find it externally and then we're going to feel good and then we're going to see ourselves and then we're going to understand ourselves and then we're going to love ourselves. And I think that journey really has to start within. I see you. I understand you. I love you. And from that place to then output and say, okay, I want to share this. I want to share what I already have internally with the people outside of myself that's a good place but when you're constantly searching for that validation and your aliveness externally you have these highs and then you get depleted because they're not you're not constantly going to be externally validated so to rely on that is actually really
1: exhausting yeah Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah that's (laughs) I think I just said yes like 10 times but (laughs) yes (laughs) because it resonated so much um But yeah, I used to, I mean, I grew up performing and being on stage and I have so many memories of, um, yeah, of being up on stage and having hundreds of people validating me and complimenting me and feeling so empty on the inside, like so empty. And it's taken a lot of work and, and it was really the voices process for me that, um, Re help, help me realign my connection and r- relationship to performing um, and to being on stage because it, I, I felt fuller in myself for the first time in that it was me embracing these aspects of myself and having these voices that were proud of myself. So it was a feeling of sharing it with the audience rather than like, oh my God, please love me and fill me up, which I'd always felt growing up. Um, and now when I hold the performance rituals for other women to go through the process and and men who've gone through the process, I set it up in a way that the audience knows that this is not a perfect, you know, show that's been rehearsed for months and months and months. This is a ritual and this is raw. And you're here as a witness, um, to these people who are going to be sharing of themselves tonight. And, um, and it's very clear sort of the boundaries as well in terms of giving feedback to the people after the show and because people's voices get triggered in the audience and they go through a whole healing sitting there. So it's been a big journey as well, helping people, yeah, redefine that connection to getting up on stage because a lot of people have had a trauma getting up on stage and thinking it would fill them up and it didn't or getting made fun of and then their voices got really loud and um, so that I think theatre and art and, you know, sharing of art is such a an important medium, um, for our own healing and for other people. Um, but I think we can like screw ourselves over when we use it as a way to fill up like or try and get the validation. Um, so yeah, that's been a big journey for me.
0: Hmm. It's interesting. Have you done dancing arrows? Yes. So it's (laughs) interesting (laughs) because shock horror, really tell on people. Someone said that to me once. You like, have you done dancing arrows? I'm like, how do you know? Like, oh, I can just can just tell. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but I don't know uh, how recently you did it. But for I I did it at the beginning of this year, mm-hmm. and it was the first time they changed the the ritual on the last night. So they don't invite audience members anymore, or you know, friends of. They don't invite witnesses and oh. they actually have changed the process where you witness yourself. And to me that was such an amazing shift mm. and a lot of the women in the group were a bit upset about it being a different dancing or ass experience than whatever everyone else had experienced and I sat there and thought I would so much rather witness myself and know that I was connecting with these different archetypes and aspects of myself and I could really see me Mm. then go into performance mode and people pleasing mode Mm. and wanting validation and am I looking a certain way and am I um communicating exactly what I want to and are you receiving it exactly the way I'm communicating it and you can get stuck in you know analyzing it rather than being present in your body and so I thought that was a really beautiful change to that program Mm. um but there is a beauty in being witnessed. It brings me back to um the into the wild quote, which I paraphrase every time because I don't actually remember it. <laughs> but it's something about you know joy needing to be shared. That if you you know you can live a life of finding joy on your own mm. in one aspect and in another aspect, we're mammals and we're creatures mm. of relation and connection, and and we want to we want to be witnessed by others. Mm. Um, so I like that your process is, is of both, that it starts with self and then encourages that vulnerability, that sharing of vulnerability. Cause that, that I think fosters connection in the most yeah. deep way.
1: And it's not to have this sort of big high at the end either. Like they have experiences throughout the process. Like they have to share videos every week with the group. Um, and, a, and a lot of people get so, you know, confronted by the thought of actually videoing themselves. So it's like week after week after week. They are sharing, they are watching themselves, um, and then the true voice ritual throughout the program as well. The, the process is with a mirror for that particular part of the process. So, yeah. I, I didn't know that dancing was, I changed that, but I like it. I hope it didn't ruin anything for anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry out there if, you're, if, if you were like, what? I just
0: signed up.
1: Speak to the organisers, it's amazing. It's amazing but it's an work. amazing cause.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and it, it really, like, it, it reminds me that those voices, you know, and archetypes are so related, you know, you can, mm. the inner child and the maiden are, are so similar. And I, I was speaking about this on the podcast previously that the most powerful work um, I did on myself minus Dancing R but actually within myself was looking at my inner child and how to parent myself,
1: mm.
0: how do I set boundaries for myself, how do I how do i you know protect myself how do i also nurture and love and find compassion and you know that was that was the start of that process of then looking at other aspects aspects of myself and saying like all right what do i want to cultivate in this area so whether it's an archetype or a voice you know giving space to those yeah those parts of yourself is yeah. just the most nurturing joyous process mm. even painful sometimes but also finding joy in that pain
1: yeah and and some of them like from like they I love being in the character and the creative expression of it but they yeah they're confronting like my shadow voice when I really have delved into her and and heard what she has to say it's she's harsh (laughs) like she yeah she really shuts me down she like I can feel it now in my throat even even talking about her like it's it's the voice that like can like cuts off my expression um, and she's fierce and she's brutal and she would rather kill me than have me go out and be vulnerable um, to try and protect me. Like she'd go to that length to try and protect me. And it's, uh, it is confronting knowing or meeting parts of ourselves that we most of the time just want to shove and pretend that we don't have. <laughs> and it's really interesting
0: because I was thinking about it recently and looking at um, attachment I recently did this trauma conference and they were talking about the shift in, in um, attachment theory. And so it used to be this like you either have secure attachment or insecure attachment and that's what you've got for life and it's really hard to work through and so like, you know. And for the first time I had heard that they'd changed the narrative behind it and it was looking at your attachment style as coping mechanisms that actually served you mm. and kept you safe mm. for a very long time and learning how to understand them and see them for what they did for you, thank them and say, like, thank you because when I developed you, I really needed you. I needed to put up a guard and be frozen, and dis- uh, you, you know, disassociate or detach because that's what kept me safe during yeah. that time yeah. and then looking at your life and saying, but right now you no longer serve me and so what else can I cultivate? What other coping strategies can I, can I nurture that actually do serve me? And, it, you know, I think it, it relates very much to those voices because they're there for a reason, you know. They are there for protecting you and, and guiding you but sometimes they're not serving you in the moment that you need them to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And by redefining the boundaries and letting them know, like, you don't have to play that role anymore, like, I'm here now and that i feel like is that adult self and mother father within that, you know and and for me like the true voice feels like um that connection between heaven and earth so like like that real point of, like i say to people like it's not a, it's not a voice like you're not going to get to that week and it's going to be a character like it's it's very hard to describe but it's it's that feeling that there is a voice beyond the voices in our head that is higher that it has a greater plan and whether people call it God or Source or Universe or, you know, deep intuition, like for me, it's if I, that, I think that that is the spiritual practice of that can I every day surrender to a voice that's greater than what is going on in my head because they are not going to lead me to a peaceful place or to, you know, sharing healing with people around the world or, or transform, transformation transformative work like yeah yeah I think for me that that
0: that truth that voice is a trust mm. just an ultimate trust in the process and where I'm at and it's the observer you know rather than the attacher mm. so yeah the observation behind the thoughts mm. that actually is just this deep knowing that says everything is as it should be mm. and when I'm in that place I'm like, oh. even as
1: you said that, I was like, oh. <laughs> right? yeah. like yeah.
0: yeah, that's, that's truth. Yeah. And so, you know, the top of my intention list every day is trust in the infinite flow of the universe. Like mm. everything is as it should be. Mm. And when I start my day off like that, I can remember to come back to it whenever I need to, because it's not the loudest voice all the time, you know, but often that's a practice that you need to cultivate. Mm. Yeah sounds like
1: a whisper. Yeah. Like, wait, who said that? Right. <laughs> really? That just make logical sense. God, right is that you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so I guess before we wrap up, we've got a few things. Yeah. Before we wrap up, um, what's the voice that's been sitting with you for most of this episode? Um
1: I just wanted to say hi, cause you like flag- your name is Tiger. And that is like an animal name and I love animals and, and my name is Lisa. Hi. Um, do you,
0: do you like, do you like dogs? I love dogs. There's a really special dog I love the most at the moment, sitting downstairs. is
1: it Billy?
0: It's Billy. Billy's. The most gorgeous dog.
1: I love Billy. I get to play with Billy all the time now. Okay, I'm going to go now. Bye, Lisa. Bye. (laughs) Lisa's a nice voice. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a journey with her because I think sometimes, yeah, I've not forgotten but, like, it's, yeah, self-abandonment, like abandoning that child. It's, yeah, it's a journey every day for me to connect in and make sure she feels heard and that she's been fed and that she's not feeling that she's responsible for doing the adult things in my life and that her role really is to be creative and to play and not to put that pressure on her as well to perform. Or, so, yeah, she's here. Mm. <laughs> and I think because I've known you since I was Lisa and younger, yeah, that...
0: Yeah. It's a beautiful voice and it's 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 that voice of unself-conscious play where you're just free and I think the more we can connect with that in a voice that says like let's just do it for the sake of doing and for the sake of being and for the sake of experience and not for you know any other reason but to feel joy. Um Moongazms is a podcast about finding joy. In those moments of challenge um do you have one standout time in your life that you've been through a challenging time and known that it was you had the voice that said find joy in this
1: because it's gonna be okay earlier this year um yeah we had a another puppy alan who was nine months old who was hit by a car in front of me we were at the park and um and he passed and I have never felt um I've never felt more connected to God in a moment than, than that moment in my life because my life changed in a second and I felt so out of control. And and I just felt I just I just felt this guidance. Um, come through so strong that he was freeing something, you know, I was in us him for my partner and, and I, and I didn't know what that meant or how it could make. But there was this message that came through, and and this thing around children, like this strong feeling that I was going to be a mother, came through, and and uh, in what was an experience that so didn't make sense to my rational mind, um, what's been born of that, because I went into a deep depression in the grief of that Um, and my anxiety reached levels that I hadn't felt since I was, I don't know, 18, 19. Um, And it led me back to the voices process. It led me back to, yeah, having to really love myself harder than I've ever loved myself before. Um, And, yeah, and and that was the inspiration to creating the Voices of Women event. Because I wanted to wanted to speak with other women who, you know, had had successes or you know entrepreneurs or created things and stuff, but like just come back to that humanity that yeah, there are times that we're not coping or that, that and that's okay, um, and that it's all part of the spectrum, and you know, and I'm I'm always I think when people you know, look at me, or I've had a lot of reflections that I bring a lot of joy to people, or inspiration, and um, but I, I also want people, to, I guess, to know that yeah, there there are times that it's really hard, and there are times when my voices get really loud, and um, but I I thank I thank God for the people in my life and for the the experiences that I've had in the past that have led me to alternative ways. ...of healing and of, of processing which has not put me on drugs or... ...because, you know, someone said to me, maybe you should go on antidepressants... ...and I was like, my whole being was like, no, nah, there's got to be another way. Um, and at the time I couldn't say the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I, I actually, like, yeah, I couldn't. Um, but I'm really glad that I didn't go on the drugs and that I went back to my creativity... ...and I went back into putting my heart into creating something... Um, and to giving back to Beyond Blue and, um, yeah, and, and that reminder that, you know, it's, it's in God's hands and it's like God's will, like there is a higher plan that we're actually not in control but what we can control is how we, how we see things and that we can shift our perspective and I think for me when I listen to the voices and when I honour them, it's, that's what's helped me to shift my perspective and to see through different eyes, to see through more loving voices, and to come back to a truer voice. Thank you for sharing that experience. I think it's a, it's a good
0: reminder to know that there is that inner voice that says it's going to be okay. And I think we have this pressure in our society or this expectation that we're meant to feel happy all the time. Mm. That we're meant to feel, you know, like, oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Everything's great. Yeah. Good. You, you, Yeah. Good. And it's not the truth. We are human beings having this experience of life and everything is part and parcel of that. So to be able to show up authentically. And when someone says, how are you for you to be able to say, actually, I'm not doing so great. I'm feeling, you know, melancholic today. The weather's affecting my mood or I've just gone through a really hard experience and I'm finding my way back to that. Mm-hmm. And create creating that conversation is allowing people to say, oh, I'm allowed to feel that too. Mm-hmm. I see you and therefore I can see myself. Mm-hmm. And 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 in that sharing, I think is the most beautiful therapy because you know yourself best. You know, for some people that option of, of going on antidepressants or outsourcing that is exactly what they need because they haven't accessed or don't have the resources or whatever that journey is for them, that's where they're at and everything's relative. But to be able to tap into, all right, what do I actually need? Cause someone else is saying, I need this. And this person is saying, I need this, but what do, what do I know to be true for me? And so, you know, being proud of, of of knowing yourself and, and really listening and saying, I see you and I'm, I'm going to move back to a creative outlet that's going to be therapeutic and healing is, I guess, what this podcast is all about and what your work is all about. Um, what are you most grateful for in your life right now?
1: I guess in reflecting on this, yeah, in this podcast, like I'm grateful that for whatever reason I've been given an ability to listen in this way And that I can hear because sometimes I feel like I can't hear or it hasn't been clear or so I'm grateful for my ears and that like literally but like also that inner listening um, to be able to listen and to hear and for the guidance around me and the angels in my life who are physical and also like um, energies that I feel that are supporting me and um, grateful for the work that's come through to me and this voice's work that's come through that I'm able to share it with other people and and just grateful for Billy and like this new <laughs> little puppy that's in our lives and um, and for love that, you know, we can, love is constant. We, we just have to listen and open to it and that's always there. Um, yeah, I'm grateful for this podcast and for you inviting me to come and talk on it and share this with you. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that, you know, I get to see you once every <laughs> every few years that you pop up in my life and, and watch this creative growth within you that can continuously inspires me and grateful that I get to have these conversations and to really feel like we're changing the narrative on, on creativity and... Success and therapy, and looking at how just being yourself and expressing that mm. is having a huge impact on yourself and the people around you. Mm. So, thank you for coming and oh. being a part of this, Great and pleasure. inviting us into your home and <laughs> letting me hold Billy. <laughs> so, so cute! <laughs> kind of, I'm kind of excited to wrap up so I can go downstairs <laughs> for one last cuddle. <laughs> Um, and thank you to people out there listening. Um, really grateful um, for the feedback that we're receiving um, and that these conversations are really helping people through, through these challenging moments within them. Um, how can people find you? How do, how do they become part of the movement and, and get started on their
1: voices? Yeah, um, they can go to thevoicesofmovement.com, which is the website. Um, the Voices of Movement on Instagram or you can uh, – I've got my own Instagram which is Tully Brash. Um, yeah, and just reach out. And I think often people reach out and they don't know why. Like they're like, I don't even know what this is but I just feel and, – and it's often people have like this soul calling to this work. So if there's something that you've heard in this podcast or something that's resonated, like just please listen to that voice and feel free to reach out because – we all have these voices inside and I I, yeah I think it's amazing what you're doing and that you're spreading this message and this podcast and yeah I just really appreciate you having me on and that it's it's nice to feel that connection as well with someone else that is on the same path like that you know there's your passion for creativity and therapy and well-being and mental health it's like Yes, to surrounding ourselves with more of those voices. Yes, (laughs) yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you.